Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of Witches on the Couch. I'm one of your hosts, my name is Nikki, and as always, I am a witch. Hi, I'm your other host. My name is Jade, and I am also a witch. So break out the confetti guns, get the champagne ready, everyone sit down and cheer. This is the last episode of The Secret Circle. Episode 22, Family. It is here. We are doing this. What? I know. I'm so happy. (laughs) (laughs) I have mixed feelings. I... Honestly, like, I don't feel like I can say a whole lot about this episode until we get to the end. Because... Yeah. Of what happens gives me mixed feelings. So... I think there are um, characters in this episode and these, the, this show, not even this episode, this show in general that I will miss. And I will probably refer to, to whatever shows we do in the future where I'll be like, ah, oh, remember how I was team Adam? I'm team Adam again. Like I, I'm sure I'll do something like that. I'm sure this will live on in infamy in our coming episodes. But right now I'm just going to bask in the success that we watched 22 episodes of the show and we're done. And we didn't hate it as much as Motherland Fort Salem by the end. No, God, Which never. is a comparable amount of episodes. Oh my God, I would never insult the secret circle like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, it feels like a huge win. Yeah, it, I, would, I would say I am very glad we did secret circle. I am very glad we watched it. Will I go back and completely rewatch it again for the fun and the thrill? No. Am I happy that I could go back and rewatch some episodes and that I now like know what happened here? Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Like I'm very thankful to our listener who suggested it. Yeah, me too. I'm very glad. I, I feel bad if this was like their favorite show and there are like episodes where I'm like so riled up or just so pissed off that I'm there. And I, I definitely like tore the show apart a little bit. And if this is like your all-time favorite show, I'm so sorry that I did that. Probably was not fun for you. But, you know, that's one person's opinion. And at the end of the day, it, I, I was still having a good time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, so all that aside, let's get into the final episode of The Secret Circle, season one, episode 22, Family happening we open with diana who's asleep on grant in his car so we were picking up like basically directly after the last episode where grant picked her up outside her house when she just had her little meltdown about charles and john was creepily stalking her in the background uh diana wakes up slowly and asks if they're she's been asleep for like two days and they're somewhere else across the country and grant's really sweet about this he's like no i wish uh you've been asleep for about two hours and we are in the meadows and it's really cute it's they're very sweet with each other um grant kind of said that she fell asleep as they were driving they didn't get very far but from the situation that he obviously picked her up in he assumed she didn't want to go back home So just decided to park and let her sleep and kind of like relax and calm down. And that if she wanted to go home later, he would take her home then. 
uh her phone keeps buzzing in the background during all this and she kind of asks oh like is that my phone and he's like yeah I I was actually checking the notifications from time to time I didn't read too much I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like your dad in an emergency or a medical problem or something um it's not like it's they're texting about a girl named Faye and a guy named Evan and it's all very coy and I had no idea what it was saying so Diana like sadly reads the messages and is like, oh, okay, I gotta go. <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, that's not a surprise. And she's like, yeah, I know it's not. And they're, they're very sweet. And, you know, they like start kissing goodbye. And she kind of, he, sorry, Grant kind of is like, oh, were you like serious about wanting to like go across the country with me? And she's like, yeah, that actually sounds really nice. And he's like, okay, cause I'll like, I'll take you if you want. And she's like, next time and leaves. And it's like, I don't know. This like kind of broke my heart. This whole scene Someday. kind of broke my heart. Someday. It, it was so cute. It was okay. I, I think it was cute, just a but... good guy. <laughs> He is. He's just just a nice guy. I just like Grant, and I I remember I know we started Secret Circle not really liking Diana because honestly there wasn't much to go off of on Diana, but Diana's actually really grown on me throughout this show, and I'm really happy that she's kind of like has this relationship with Grant now. I think they're good for each other. I don't know how you feel about Diana. You you looked at me I, very weird about that. No, I'm just trying to think. I don't actually have a true opinion. So uh, it just is what it is to me. That's fair. Well, we cut away from this lovely, cute scene to Faye basically screaming her head off. She's in like a dark metal room. Uh, there's a pole there. There's a man throwing her against the pole and he's taunting her and takes her phone away he's a witch hunter evan steps up behind him and they start chaining her to the pole and basically taunt her about how they're gonna kill her that's about it uh cut to the rest of the circle having a meeting shockingly without their favorite cult leader john i know crazy it's insane how will they get anything done how will people justify things by saying i did it for the circle and everyone nodding very solemnly i don't i don't know how they can decide anything and actually uh this scene it's like it's a lot of planning they're just kind of like planning on what to do about Faye. but i actually had to like watch this scene three times to figure out what the hell is going on oh so Jake wants to go get John to go rescue Faye. He really wants to get John's help on this. Diana is there and she's like, absolutely not. John is a monster. Have you not listened to a word we have told you about how he's like created a sex cult to create children and is like abusing us? And John's like, I don't care. I think he's a great guy. And I hate Jake. Jake. Sorry, Jake. I hate Jake. End of it. Um, this is also where we find out that the circle obviously thinks Eben is very dangerous and they can't battle him directly because Eben has exactly six demons in him. Yeah, they said this and I was like, uh, this feels like this was revealed like 
nigh on scientifically earlier, and I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. So I was like puzzling for a few minutes and then said, fuck it. I guess I, this is a thing now. I had no idea what it meant, but I it was like very directly noted as the exact count, and I wrote it down to be like, okay, maybe that will come up later. It doesn't. It's just like a fun exact number of demons that Evan carries within him. Um, It's just a fun number. So as they're all arguing this, Cassie gets a call from Evan and Evan says that he'll trade them Faye for one of their crystals because without one of the crystals, they can't construct the crystal skull. And that to make the trade, they have to meet him on the ferry where their parents all died before and he'll trade off Faye for the crystal. Cassie agrees and they hang up the phone pretty quickly. And then Jake is once again, angry and kind of violent and is like, there's no fucking way. Like he just wants the crystal so he can destroy us all. And I don't think we should do it. I don't think it's worth it. Jake does a lot of like 360 spins throughout this episode. And trust me, one is coming up or 180. I don't know what you want to call. He says one thing and then one scene later is very passionate about the opposite of what he was voting for before. It's very confusing. Um, I mean, I don't think, first of all, it'd be a 180 because 360 means you're back to the exact You're exactly spot. right. That's why I was but, like, I think I said that wrong. <laughs> But drinking hey. vodka. Ooh. I just noticed Jake does that throughout this episode and it confused me. I don't think he does. But I didn't pay enough attention to the scene to argue at the moment. So this is actually where I had to start re-watching the scene. is because everyone starts arguing. And Cassie sides with Jake and says that Jake's right. We can't give up one of the crystals. We have to create the skull. But Cassie knows to create the skull, they also need Diana because they need like three Blackwells. I don't know why, but they do. And so to form the skull, they need John, Cassie, and Diana. And Diana doesn't want to form the skull, but Cassie and Jake really do. And Mel and Diana really don't. And Adam just seems to be neutral in this territory at this moment. Yes. Finally, they put together a plan. And this is where I had to like go back because Cassie describes it, but also like they kind of argue about it a little bit. So I had to like really watch it a few times to piece the plan together. And maybe I was just being stupid, but just like it took me a minute. So what they're going to do, what Cassie has decided is that Cassie's going to win this argument because she's Cassie. Always. Duh. Uh, like it's not an argument. Cassie's going to do what she wants. And then maybe later, they'll do what Cassie wants again. That's how the circle works. So her, Diana, and John are going to put together the skull. No more argument from Diana. Shut up and sit down. Once we get the skull together, we'll use the skull to defeat Evan. Get Faye somewhere in there. And then after that, we'll meet back up and decide what we're going to do about John. But right now, let's do what I want to do. Yeah. And that's the point. Yeah. I don't it seems get, like a poorly laid plan. Kind of, yes. And I mean, and I like that. I don't know who says it, but one of them's like, hey, Diana, 
go do the skull thing so then you can go and be a, what feels like implied a hoity-toity and make sure John doesn't actually use the skull for his purposes. It gets used for our purposes. Go be the chaperone is kind of what they're saying. Diana has chaperone because Cassie can't be trusted, but Cassie is still giving orders. Yes. Yes. I think that's one of the reasons why I kept getting confused here was I was like, so is Diana doing this or not? Like, yeah, she is reluctantly. Yes. Um, it's not a great plan. The plan is basically let's let John win. And once he wins, we'll figure out what to do about it. Yeah, kind of. And that just, it seems like a, I think maybe that's also why I kept going back to rewatch it. Cause I was like, this can't be the plan. It's a terrible plan. Uh, but it's, kind the, of. it's the plan and everyone seems fine with it. So that's just, just I mean, so it did, everyone knows. Yeah. It did feel like it had an element of here's the rough outline and then let's wing the in-between bits, play it by ear. But you know what? It's something. We're going to move on. It's something. I just, I, I just, I feel like I really had to like lay it out because it is kind of the foundation for the outline of the ep- of episode to come. Um, it will quickly go astray, but just so you guys know, that's the plan. Uh, we cut away to this to John comes to Charles' house and basically Charles catches him up about how he thought Amelia was haunting him. And then Don catches Charles up about how it was 100% John and that she wanted to separate him from Diana. And it looks like he succeeded. And then Charles starts saying about how Diana ran away and he hasn't seen her since. And Don hasn't been able to get in contact with Faye. So their kids are now missing. And so they've decided that all this is their fault, which is like, relatively true they did kill Amelia they did like kind of start the ball rolling in a lot of these things uh and they feel terrible about that and their need for power just ended up destroying everything they cared about so what they're gonna do now is they're gonna go and beg someone to actually return their powers so they can go help the circle and try to make amends for what terrible people they have been and there's only one person who can do that. And that's like a fun little mystery that will be solved in like four scenes. So it cuts away then to Cassie and Diana are meeting Sean on a lake. Cuts then away again to Melissa, Adam, Jake are like scouting at the ferry. And then it cuts back to the lake. So glad we had these little bits. Great yeah, editing, guys. It was very strange. It was like, cut to Cassie and Diana seeing John. Cassie's like, there he is. Cut away. Very quick. And I was like, you didn't have to announce that, Cassie. We, we know who John is. Thank you. To, like, the fairy, where Melissa gives, like, a little monologue about how this is where their parents died. And it's like, yes, thank you, Melissa. And then we leave. <laughs> and it's like, what was that? This is pointless. But then we get to some actual action and it starts to get interesting. So we're, we're at the lake now. Um, John is explaining they have to you know, smash each crystal, destroy each crystal. 
to let the energies reform into the skull. So doing so makes their powers no longer connected to a crystal or each other. Yes, the circle will be completely unbound by breaking down these crystals. Gasp! Yes, seriously. So Diana is delightfully logical. Oh, I loved Diana. (laughs) Throughout this episode, it's just me being like, Diana, you are too good for these people. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. So she's not like completely against it, it seems, but she's against it until she can talk to the rest of the circle, you know, because it's going to affect them. So we need to get their opinion on it. And the circle right now is under the idea that they have circle magic, that they have this power and are currently going to the witch hunters to depend on that power. So without warning them, it is basically sending them to their deaths. Potentially, yes. And I love Cassie's just like, eh. Yeah, Cassie doesn't want to wait. There's no time to wait. She makes it seem a lot more, I mean, it is urgent because Faye is captured by the witch hunters. But it's not quite that urgent yet. Um, as Cassie's arguing this, John just kind of like we start to come to the end of Cassie's argument, and John's like, "Well, I'm starting now." <laughs> so he starts chanting over the crystals. They all start having like six-inch flames shooting off of them. That and was then, fun. I liked that effect. I had a good time there. I was like, "Ooh." <laughs> I was super confused. I mean, I'm I'm always down for the fire, but it seems really pointless. You know, whatever though. Instructs that each person, you know, the three of them have to take two crystals each. He grabs two of the crystals. Cassie comes and grabs two of the crystals, and as soon as she touches them, the fire goes out. No burns, no issues. Diana goes to grab hers, and she's very hesitant to grab. Because who wants to get burned? And it's a metaphor for the dark power. This was dumb. But anyway. (laughs) Each have their two crystals in hand. And then they toss them in the lake. And that's it. That I found the dumbest part. So after it's like they go through this whole dramatic. Like to pick them up. Like these flaming crystals. He's like. Now just throw them into the water and they just toss them in like they're like trying to bounce stones across the water's surface. And I was like, not even. They just like limp handed. Nah, it's only like a foot away. It's cool, you know, whatever. And like and- it has like the really bad sound effect of just being like, Doop. yeah. <laughs> yep. And John says they have to like wait for the spell to come to them. But it's just legitimately straight up stupid magic. It's so stupid. I was like, wait a minute. We worked so hard. We have like this entire season at least had always one person pursuing these crystals. Like it was Team Rocket for a while, but like someone has always been after these crystals. And at the end of the path, at the end of the journey, we're just kind of casually throwing them in open water. Like it's like no big deal (laughs) that's like they're not even gonna like glow as we throw them in the water the water is not gonna like freeze over as they like give us something here if only and then to top it all off we cut away from this scene 
So Jake is just way too antsy. He has to make sure Faye's okay. Uh, Adam's like holding Jake back. No, you're going to endanger us all. It's stupid. Don't go. And then they all sort of like have sharp pains, lose the breath collectively at the same time. Uh, hey, they don't realize it at the moment. But they're about to. They have solo magic now. The circle's unbound. Woo! Uh, how they realize this? Jake slips free, starts running. Adam slams him down. Can feel that it's solo magic. Melissa swears she had nothing to do with that. Um, everybody's kind of confused. Melissa's actually quite upset. She'll call Cassie and Diana and very adamantly no one goes on that boat until we know more. It was Good really job, nice Melissa. actually. Yeah, it was nice to see Melissa take it like an adult tone and put her foot down. Melissa really sometimes has to carry this group more than she should. Sometimes. And conveniently, we cut away to inside the ferry, where Faye thinks of soul magic now, gets herself free of the chains, and then she gets herself out of the room. Very, very happy to have her solo magic again. Slams one of the hunters against the wall, takes her phone back. Super badass. And we cut away to Charles's house. And who is in the kitchen? But his mother, Grandma Kate, who I was honestly kind of wondering if she would ever show up again. I uh, kind of forgot Grandma Kate was in this. <laughs> oh, I was kind of curious, like before, but um, so for anybody who doesn't happen to remember Grandma Kate, last time we saw her, she was killing Cassie. You know, that, that's I, what awoke the dark power. I'm starting to wish she'd succeeded. <laughs> you know, tough. I was actually, when they were like, oh, there's only one person who can help us. I was like, which grandparent have we not murdered off yet? Like, I was That's like I was legitimately thinking. uncertain. Because I thought something had happened to Kate because like she just disappeared so quickly. And I mean, I know it was because she was murdering Cassie, but like <laughs> at the same time, because we never heard anything again. I was like, Team Rocket really did do something to her. Yeah, I was like, did Don murder Kate? Did John murder Kate? Like, one of them murdered Kate. She's not around. And then when she was, I was like, I totally thought you were murdered off screen. My apologies. <laughs> same, same. And we can't go to Jake's grandpa because he's a nuthouse, apparently. And I was like, are we going to finally put a face to Melissa's grandma? Because that would have been fun, yeah. Like, the only answer, but now it's Kate. It's Kate. We're cool. Anywho. Uh, so Charles is explaining why the, the power's back. Very conveniently, that's the moment that Faye calls Don, where we get the explanation that, Mom, I, I hate to tell you this, but I'm a witch. Yeah, I know. Did you read my journal or my diary? I forget exactly what she says. No, I know. I don't remember exactly what Don says, but it was a great mother-daughter exchange because... Growing up myself, I feel like my parents didn't know a whole lot of things. And then I got to be a legitimate adult and was recounting things. And they're like, yeah, I know. I'm like, how did you know? Here's some indications. 
Ah, oh, fuck. Okay, well, I wasn't oh, as subtle as I thought. Which I'm um, pretty sure happens to every single teenager. Yeah, I really think teenagers in general, myself included, uh, we really thought we were like the slyest fuckers in the world. Uh, we're not. <laughs> so, true to tale, Don knows that Faye has magic. We then move on to the real issue that, hey, Evan has her on a ferry. You know, that same fucking ferry that happened where the fire happened 16 years ago. Great. You have the set, damn it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Faye got loose, but she can't actually exit the ferry because everything's super well guarded. And then, unfortunately, Faye is attacked by a hunter, drops the phone. Dot's screaming for her, but there's no picking up. The so. phone kind of breaks. Like, it it goes into a few pieces. It's supposed to be like, oh, the phone's not useful anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So then Don, you know, begs Kate not to let what happened 16 years ago happen again. Well, it turns out that, uh, well, when we sealed off your magic, uh, we actually destroyed it. So... You're shit out of luck. We don't have your powers to destroy, to like restore. We completely obliterated them. Sorry. Which really drove me nuts. Not from like a, oh no, what are Don and Charles going to do point of view, from like a physics point of view. I also had that question where I was like, so where did that magic go? Yeah, because, like, matter cannot be created nor destroyed, and, like, magic follows that same line, Exactly. (laughs) Hmm. I was like, did you guys just, like, take it? Is it in the crystals? Like, where where did it go? The, okay. (laughs) Somehow, I guess it was destroyed. So, you know, whatever. Kate, so graciously, though, because she does want to remedy the situation, uh, she's going to actually share her power, which is crazy. I was definitely not expecting that answer. I wasn't either. Kate's like, you can have mine. And I was like, Kate, what? You? Who? Don you tried to murder a teenager. Don was plotting your murder. Not that long ago. <laughs> Like, while uh, she was murdering a teenager, Don was trying to get your son to kill you. <laughs> and now they're besties. I know. How the tables may be turning. Gets <laughs> away then. Uh, Cassie walks into the lake. Like, she looks like she's sort of possessed. Starts walking straight into the water. Doesn't give a shit about her outfit. She's like, I can feel it coming yeah this is actually in my notes there's a lot of times where i'm like cassie gets really orgasmy about stuff <laughs> like i wrote cassie has a hard on for dark magic yeah like cassie gets like real slutty for this skull real <laughs> fast <laughs> like. uh well so then i was confused for a little bit at this point so like it looks like the water's like frothing at her feet yeah and it turns out, like, John instructs her, pick it up before it fully forms, and she does, and it's like this white blob. It's like an alien cocoon. 
okay it's like slimy and white and gummy and it's like dripping it's yeah i just thought of giant jellyfish head oh okay but you know good to think you think outside of the box outside of the planet i think i was just thinking of like classic sci-fi stuff where it's like you know it's like an alien embryo and it's always like something slimy and gelatinous and it's it's that prop (laughs) okay tangent story time this one time i was camping down in santa monica with a friend and so it's on the beach so there's like a bunch of jellies on the beach every so often and uh jellyfish can sting you like after they're quote-unquote dead so you always got to be careful but like i found a really a couple good ones that i liked and one was like a really good head specimen with no stingers so like i picked it up and i put it in a cup of water just so i could like not let it dry out and i could still be a science nerd and like poke at it later so we went to sleep and the next night like the cup was still there but the jellyfish was gone and there was raccoon tracks all around it. And I was like, what in the hell does raccoon have any business stealing my fucking jellyfish head? <laughs> of all the things, like that's always, <laughs> this was like 15 years ago and it's still at the forefront of my mind. So that's one reason I got a thing for jellyfish heads, okay? So that's why I thought of that. This raccoon made an enemy that day. <laughs> like- was that even delicious like i didn't find it anywhere near the camp i followed the tracks for a little bit till they washed out but but no oh my god that's so (laughs) to the real story sorry you low-key broke me with this and also (laughs) this raccoon is like i don't know i feel like it's a villain origin story for some weird comic book or he's my hero i don't know which (laughs) I couldn't even tell you. Like, I know they're scavengers and they're pretty versatile eaters and they like things dipped in water. But, damn. <laughs> what? My, my only raccoon story, I'm going to have a quick raccoon story here, is at my parents' house. Uh, we live in the country and at night when we'd like come home, it's always kind of, we live on a steep hill. So it was kind of like a precarious walk to like get to the house because nothing was lit. <laughs> um, so my mom decided to get those like solar lights that you like stake into the ground and, you know, so she could light a path to the house. So we weren't at risk of falling down as much. Um, that was a terrible idea just because we have raccoons So for like a month, my mom battled raccoons because every night they would go out and like pull the lights out to like seemingly just see what was under them. Just be like, what's under here? And then they just like toss the light somewhere random and move on with their lives. And every morning my mom would have to go out and find these lights and put them back in the ground. A month into this, she gave up. It wasn't worth her time anymore. But like that one month, my mom decided to battle the raccoons of our house was like kind of a hilarious time for me. (laughs) That is delightful. I'm surprised it took a month because like raccoons are not that stupid. You'd think that, oh, nothing was here. I wonder like, were they trying to, do they eat like balls and stuff? 
Like, is that a thing? Were they trying to get, like, moths that just kind of, like, went under the lip of it? Because that's all I can think of for them repeatedly fascinating. That's just fascinating. I have no idea why, like, every night they were like, nope, don't like these, and would, like, (laughs) pull them out of the ground. But it was, like, an ongoing problem. And it was so funny to me. It infuriated the hell out of my mother. And I was, like, just the audience. So it was, like, funny just to see my mom decide to fight the raccoons. I completely (laughs) understand. Both yours and her perspectives. Yeah, exactly. Like, (laughs) if it had been my house, sure. But, like, I was just a spectator. (laughs) Anyway. Anywho. So Cassie picks up the jellyfish blob brings it to shore uh i should note that yeah as she's like picking it up she's like oh face for sure and then she's so into this jellyfish blob yeah which is especially freaky because it's like it's kind of like a blob of cum it's got it's milky white man it's not transparent (laughs) either we're finally earning our explicit warning on this podcast. You know, every once in a while. Just gotta shock the audience. I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, I'm well into my drink. As we should be. And, yeah. Raw and edited thoughts. You're welcome. Okay, before I go down a long hole. Um, that's what she said. That's what he said. <laughs> brings it to shore uh so she and diana i'm sorry yes so cassie and diana must not remove their hands until like the skull is shaping so like their intentions them like the power of cycling through them it's gonna shake the skull i'm not entirely sure how this works I it there's no explanation my only thought is they're like imprinting on it but that was like all I had that yeah that was kind of what I was thinking too and like the fact that it has to be (sighs) sorry the thought connects to what happens later in the show Mm -hmm. and I don't want to spoil that yet no I understand yeah like the fact that it has to be Balcoins doing this is what I wonder if that has to do. Anywho. This is actually the part where, like, Diana doesn't want to touch the skull to help it form. Like, John tells her to do it, and she's like, no. And then, like, Cassie's still, like, cradling it, and is like, you have to come touch it. It's awesome. And I'm like, okay, so Diana doesn't want to do this, and also Cassie is, like, orgasming for the skull. Like, so hard. What a combination. So by the end of it, though, the skull actually forms. Moving on to uh, Melissa cannot reach Diana or Cassie. The three of them are kind of freaking out. They go back and forth, but it all boils down to Melissa and Jake are going to go get A. And Adam's going to go find Cassie and Diana, see what's up. It's and, a good plan. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, honestly, given the situation, I agree. Yeah. Cuts back then over to... So we have the skull formed. Cassie seems very possessive of it. And 
at first I was like, okay, Cassie, like, you had the O face. I get it. You're losing it to the dark power, but could you control yourself? My God. For like five seconds. Like, yeah. Then it sort of starts to reveal itself that, oh, maybe it's not actually entirely her loss to the power. Um, She's very adamant that she wants to use it against Evan. Diana sides with her. So John doesn't have the skull, really. This is the chaperoning. They're playing keep away from John. It just didn't seem that way for a good, you know, 30 seconds of the scene. It's This scene is very confusingly acted, I would say, honestly. Like, because you're right. It doesn't seem that way because John takes the skull from them. He has the skull for like five seconds. And Cassie is immediately like, why can't I hold the skull? I want to hold it. Like, it's like very aggressive, very unhinged feeling. And it's like, oh, and like, John's like, no, I get to hold, like, they both seem a little unhinged for a second where it's like, oh, like, this is them like both going nuts. But then like Diana is like, no, Cassie is not nuts. She wants to use it for Eben. And I was like, that's what you got from this? Like. Are you sure? Okay. If Diana says that, then she's putting a good spin on Cassie's crazy. I'm thinking yeah. Cassie said it, but... I I think Cassie says she wants to use it to kill Eben, and therefore she gets to hold it or something. It's like, it still just goes back to she wants to hold it. And then yeah. Diana has to, like, logically go in and be like, because we have to save Faye. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> You know, and Cassie has a connection to the skull, obviously, so she could be able to wield it. And if she doesn't have the full power, then, hey, John, you can guide her through it, but let her do it. (laughs) John breaks the facade. And, you know, because Diana was also playing on that. We have the same goal, so why does this matter, John? Let Cassie do it. John admits that, nope. They don't have the same goal, but they will. And he magically makes Cassie and Diana pass out. Like a fucking creep. Yep. Yep. Yeah. If he wasn't their father, I think he'd be wearing their skin. (laughs) Him being their father, I think he would still be wearing their skin. Weirdly, uh... Throughout this episode, and it it actually, you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm going to bring it up. Remember in Motherland Fort Salem? Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. That's not where I thought you were going to go with this. Exactly. That's why it's, like, very weird. Um, The rich, the rich witch. The one that, like, had the family. (laughs) Abigail? Abigail. God, it's been a while. Like, are we talking about the trio or? Yeah. Okay. Abigail. Abigail. We have this whole subplot with her in the second season, which is actually probably one of the most interesting things to happen the second season, where um, her mother wants her to go into an arranged marriage. So she, like, goes back to her family mansion and home for, like, all these guys to basically be, like, courting her. And we find out that it's very common in that family for inbreeding for magic. 
John gives me those vibes so hard. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I have way more thoughts on this later on in the episode. Oh, which yeah. Might be a I... slight spoiler in it itself, but let's move on before we yes, really get into I, it. This is something that will come up again later. So I just want to say now, I, <laughs> I was watching it in this moment and I was like, Remember Motherland Port Salem? <laughs> Getting those vibes. Yeah. Oh just, boy. Just introduce that thought to the audience here before we move on to a more palatable scene. So back at uh, Grandma Kate's in the kitchen, Grandma Kate's like setting up the ceremony, presumably to start this power transfer that she's going to do. She's like has bowls and ingredients out and starts grabbing candles and Charles asked Don if he can talk to his mom alone. And Don's like, I plotted her murder for a while. Sure. And so leaves. <laughs> Hold on. She's putting away after the ceremony. Oh, I thought they were about to start the ceremony. They're all wrapping their palms or it's like they just all got cut. So. I thought they were setting up. Apparently we did it off screen. My apologies. Um, so Charles basically tells Grandma Kate that he knows John is the bio dad of Diana. He just found out and it's been like a little rough and like, it's a little troublesome for Diana and yada, yada. Once again, Grandma Kate, same as Charles. They have the best answer to this where he, she's like, Diana is our child. She's part of our family. Blood be damned. And I'm like, Grandma Kate. Yeah, man. This woman right here, she she knows what's up. Like, love her. You should have succeeded in killing Cassie. I believed in you. Um, so that was really nice. And I really liked it. And then Charles kind of continues to say that in his pursuit to try to get his power back, he teamed up with Don and has done a lot of things he's not proud of and doesn't know how to come back from. And all he really wants to do is find redemption, especially because he believes Diana deserves for him to do something that's right. It's very sweet. It's very sad. I thought, no, Charles, don't do this. And he's like, so mom, I need your help with something. And I was like, Charles, don't do this. And we cut away. And I was like, Charles, don't do this to me. This is like actually the part where I was like, I think I felt most invested was Charles in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Kate also says that, you know, now that she knows the demons are in Ebon, look, like you're going to have the damnedest time. I don't think it's going to happen without the skull. You're not killing him. But Charles is determined and they have this wonderful, heartfelt moment. It was a good, quick scene without actually a whole lot happening at the end of the day it is very sad that throughout the show I started becoming very emotionally invested in Charles and honestly the series finale feels more like me wrapping up Charles than anything else (laughs) (laughs) which he's not the main character I should care what's happening to Cassie but I don't yeah yeah anyway we cut to back at jake and mel who are storming the ferry uh they find Faye as they come around the corner 
Jake and Faye kiss very passionately. Thank God she's okay. Yada, yada. Melissa's like, we got to keep moving. And then Evan appears out of fucking nowhere behind them. Like, it's like a dented hallway and there's Evan. And I was like, okay. Yep. Six demons be damned. My God. Um, Good for something, okay. (laughs) uh, Basically, he uses his magic to just like pin them all to the ground. They can't move. And he says, it's time to die. Evan, okay. Let's settle down over there. Yeah. Uh, Cut back to the abandoned house where Cassie wakes up next to Diana. And basically they see John and he has the skull on the table, but he has his back to them. So she wakes up Diana and they try to leave, but then they find out they're like encompassed by a magic circle. So they're like imprisoned in, they're bound to their, that spot. And John like turns as the circle is activated, sees them both standing there. And he's like, good, I'm glad you're awake. I need you both. And he admits that he doesn't care about Evan or the fairy or the rest of the circle that they could, that's just like, fuck it over there. And what he cares about is right here. And soon they'll be free to be the witches they were always meant to be. Yeah. All right, John. Sure. Uh, that back. doesn't sound like a cult at all. Right? Uh, I I think I've been right since episode 18 or so calling uh, John a cult leader. I think I really nailed that one in all honesty. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I wanted to just now say, man, they're drinking more Kool-Aid. Or he's passing out the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will admit, I just listened to episode 18 after it's been posted and that's probably why it's more on my mind but ah what a ride yeah it's uh it's more of this cult stuff for sure uh cut back to the fairy where mel jake and faye have been rechained to basically the pole that faye was originally chained to and they also have a magic circle around them so they can't use their magic those circles, man, they're just, uh, they're popping up everywhere right now and really just bringing everyone down. And Eben is like, you all deserve to be burned at the stake because you're all abominations. Faye does do a great job of pointing out that he is possessed by multiple demons and using witchcraft, to which Eben just decides not to care about. <laughs> And so basically he sets fire to like the circle around them and then the rest of the room, like the whole fairy basically catches fire where they're at right now and just kind of leaves to like go into the other adjoining room to watch seemingly. And as this is all going down, Charles and Don are showing up on the ferry. They got here, they're here. Don sees the smoke coming out of one of the side windows. They go running down uh as they're like sneaking through they see that the kids are in the room that's on fire and there's a couple witch hunters and eben in the adjoining room charles says that he'll deal with eben don should go around to the other side and get the kids out and that's going to be their plan so charles like goes into the adjoining room where eben is and starts chanting and eben like goes after him immediately and they kind of start like falling throughout the ferry 
And then basically it kind of seems like Charles is like exercising Eben almost like the way it's said and done where you can see the demon little worms are like moving under his skin. He seems in pain. They start moving out and Eben collapses as Charles is chanting above him. Cut back to Don who magically, Don has magic, puts out the fire in the room with the kids, unchains the kids, starts getting them moved throughout the ferry getting them out of danger and then kind back to Charles and Eben we see that the little demon worms slither out of Eben very disgustingly and start slithering into Charles Charles no yeah you fucking martyr but um the Latin that Charles is chanting I was about to say take it away (laughs) (laughs) I must interject as always uh translates to I call the demon out delightfully straightforward to the point it's honestly it felt very supernatural this part it did yeah i i got strong supernatural vibes like there there's actually a point later where i i mistakenly started using supernatural lore and i realized i was wrong (laughs) um but yeah so now charles is possessed by exactly six demons (laughs) and i'm very sad um Don starts moving the kids throughout the ferry kind of like helping like carry them because they obviously all have smoke inhalation Jake says he's going to go back for Eben and cuts off from Don as Don yells at him not to go but he kind of breaks away and goes running back in as Charles is in the process of being possessed and (laughs) Jake just runs up to Eben and stabs him in the gut and says this is for my parents and for nick and i was like "Mm, can't sell me on that one jake sorry yeah suddenly he has a heart he's super into Faye. he's super into revenge for his family um what yeah this is what i mean by like a lot of things jake does in this episode don't really make sense to me where if I was like, I think if Jake had done this and had said something very much more to himself, like, you know, like you never should have recruited me or something like that, then it would have been like, aha, because the joke is that like Jake was stronger than you all along and you recruited your own destruction. But like trying to make Jake seem like he was seeking holy vengeance for those he loved, we've spent an entire season proving the fact that Jake cared shit about no one. You can't just bring this in at the end and pretend like, oh, look how good he is. He's not. He's just not. But yeah, it actually is where I mistakenly brought in supernatural lore because I was having strong supernatural vibes as Charles is being possessed on the floor. I was like, wait, does Jake have like an angel blade or something? And I was really confused. I was like, is it the knife of Cain? How is he doing this? I was like, oh no, it's just, it's just a knife. He just has a knife. Yeah, it's not the first blade. It's just good old knife. It's just a good old knife. Like I was, I, for a second, I was trying to figure out the lore behind this blade. And then I was like, different show, girl, different show, move on. So as Jake is basking in his vengeance for apparently those he loved, I guess, because the show says that directly to us. So we're supposed to believe it. 
Uh, we then kind of get like a bit more of a zoom out where Charles is gone from the room. He has disappeared. Where is our poor little possessed boy? Where's our boy? Yeah, I was actually definitely expecting him to be there when Jake stabbed Evan, but nope, Evan's conveniently by himself. So what the hey? Where's our boy? Yeah, but of course, no answers now. We cut away. So we're still at the old house with Kathy, Diana, John. And they have sort of a discussion, but basically, bottom line, that Cassie's, like, having a fucking epiphany. She understands it all now. That was literally my note is, Cassie starts finally figuring it out. Yes. So <laughs> It's kind of funny, too. I'm sorry. Because Cassie's having this epiphany, and is like, I'm a genius. I've realized everything. And then in the background, Diana's like, you're such a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> we've been saying this kind of yeah so john was never going to kill evan that was not his plan he was just using that to galvanize the witches into action and yeah nothing like a good dose of fear to galvanize the witches is his line um So he created the all the bursts in the circle and he kind of engineered the fairy fire 16 years ago for the sole purpose of creating scared, you know, broken group of witches that's easier to manipulate. Yeah, it's basically he just replicated what he did 18 years ago where there's nothing like witch hunters to be the ultimate enemy, to make people blind to his own intentions. And 18 years ago, he did the same. He called the witch hunters here. He riled up the circle against them so that they were so fixated on the witch hunters. They didn't realize what he was up to, but Amelia was smart and figured it out. 16 years ago. Six. Sorry, not 18, 16 years ago. And so like Amelia figured it out, tried to get some of the parents to run with the kids to keep the yeah. kids separate. She tried to warn them, and then she and Ethan tried to kill John, but they didn't really succeed, and that actually gave him the perfect excuse to disappear and wait until the time was right to come back. I'm really sad. I I mean, this is like kind of spoilers for the episode, but it doesn't really matter. We have not seen Ethan in a really long time. Yeah. And I'm really sad he wasn't in this episode because I think it would have really helped it come a bit more full circle as uh, Cassie's calling it out. I agree. Don't know where exactly he would have been stuck in there, but I agree. I think it would have been nice if he'd like helped Don and Charles. Like maybe like he didn't want his powers back because he realized like ultimately it, it didn't suit him or something. But like he helped convince Grandma Kate or something. Or he was like, I'll use my boat to take you over to the ferry or something like just I would have liked to see like him and Don and Charles finally kind of mend things like the old circle did have a friendship once, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I, I think that would have been cool, I guess. I think that would have been nice. And it would have been an easy way to stick him in without having him have too much plot significance. Because then it could have been like Dawn rescues, you know, uh, Jake, Faye, and Melissa and gets them to like Ethan's boat. And Ethan's like, where's Adam? And it would have just like, it would have added some stakes, I guess. Some personal stakes for Adam a bit more. Yeah, if only, but no. Call me, CW. <laughs> Show you did over a decade ago. Call us. I promise, uh-huh. I'm still this good. <laughs> so, cutting off Nikki, we cut over to uh, Charles telling Don, Faye, and Melissa, "Tell Diana I love her," and then he swan dives off the boat, presumably committing suicide to drown the demons to drown the demons out i thought the same i was like presumably drowning holy shit charles no i loved you you were such a good character like this was not the type of redemption arc we want like if you were gonna do a redemption arc that ended in charles death i would have I would have wanted it to be like directly he sacrifices himself to save Diana like directly like he jumps in front of a bullet like I I don't want it to be like so offhand that Diana's not even there to witness it like ah Charles no I wanted you to be good team rockets the best when they team up with Ash like come on Don's still kind of the worst, but we believed in you. If only, but no. So very tragic. I did not like the scene. I was very, I, I was very upset during the scene as well. I was like, why? Anywho, cuts over. We're back at the old house. John is chanting his spell, which translates to. <sighs> okay, so I call you dark magic good fine like that translation the next part of the spell get up this crystal that's literally how it translated get up <laughs> get all up in this crystal how I'm and drop a beat <laughs> a spell nikki no i'm thinking sexual perverted <laughs> get on my level sorry sorry god we're gonna have so much to cut from this <laughs> what else is there? So anywho, John repeats this like three times. The skull is darkening black as he's going. Um, he's killing all the witches, like all the witches in the world, I guess. So it's all the witches without Balcoin blood. Yep. We have a very quick cut, like in scene sort of still, but to Don, Melissa, and Faye on the boat are, like, falling to the ground. They're in very obvious pain. Shit's happening. Back of the old house. Uh, he starts monologuing again. He's killing witches because they're weak. Uh, because of their weaknesses, it's kept witches as victims for 2,000 years. And I fucking hate the speech because... I mean, kudos to the writers because it definitely sounds like a psychopath speech. It does. It it 100% does. But I'm like, as a 
regular person. This makes no fucking sense. Are you kidding me, John? Oh, it's not deli- even. It's delusional. Yeah, not even just like the killing off all the other witches portion. Like the fact that witches were not out in the open, so therefore they were the victims for 2,000 years and didn't fight back when they were being burned at the stake and yada yada. Just, oh. I, I think the problem, so I think the underlying problem in this speech, besides the fact that he's a psychopath, let's just put, let's just put a pin in that over here for now, <laughs> is we've established throughout these 22 episodes that witches are not hard to kill. You can just, like, shoot them. You can just drown them. They could just die in accidents or, like, medical reasons, it seems like. Like, they they have the same stamina of any human being. So saying that, like, other bloodlines of witches are weak, which is why witches are getting murdered off, doesn't make sense. It's not like those other witches are the only mortals and your bloodline won't die from a bullet wound. Like, no. the problem is you're all mortals and unfortunately this won't rectify that situation but that brings off this like this speech doesn't make sense like it's it's not like a a, it's not like a vampire speech where it's like the the young vampires are like so weak because they're reckless and you know they're like being caught out in these very direct situations like no you guys are just like human beings yeah yeah um oh sorry my last point i'm gonna take the pin out the psychopathness of the speech uh the point where i was like oh yeah you're crazy is he says it's time for a cleansing you never want your speeches to say that you nazi yeah 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 So I'm just going to not touch that red flag because we can go on about it for quite a while. Agreed. I just wanted to like be like, that said, and I was like not even fully taking notes at this point. I think I was like getting a snack and I turned around and went, ooh, okay. And just like kept moving on. Yes. It's good to point out the red flag, but we're not going to talk about it. So we have a little in-scene cut. Adam like comes into the house he looks bloody definitely all red um spoilers because yeah comes up in literally one minute they're burning from the inside out is how these witches are dying so he is red um but in hue so adam's not spotted he can see john and the girls they don't see him yet so john's continuing with his monologue He's going to rebuild. He actually has four other Falcoin kids born in other towns. And they're coming here to form a complete circle with Diana and Cassie. And this will be the most powerful circle in just all of history. Like, they're going to be more powerful than the skull itself. So. Also, John, you ho. That's six kids. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, good on you for having intention and not just willy-nilly, but also, like, Damn. That's, a lot That's of fucking creepy. I know, right? That means Cassie has five half-siblings. Well, so... So... The plan's in motion. 
his four other kids are already submissive to him. So I'm very curious on what happened before he came to Chance Harper. Me too. Uh, and they're coming, it sounds like, as a group. So, like, a lot of shit has been happening behind the scenes, I guess. A lot more than I originally thought of. And... He's just expecting Diana and Cassie to go along with this. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. The other point I wanted to make is they'll rebuild. So they're going to rebuild all the witches with seven people. Yeah, this comes back to the Abigail uh, conundrum. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's it's seemingly implied that he's like, we'll build the witches better from that circle. That then they will all start producing with one another more children. Which, you know, if the fact they weren't underage is bad enough, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's a fun incest moment that we get to, like, touch on. Again, a lot of these things he says in these speeches are just implied horribleness, like the cleansing, the rebuilding with your siblings, the, like, and then you'll all obey. There's a lot of a very, I guess, implied abuses in this that they don't actually want you to look at too hard, but are like necessary for this speech to make sense. Yes. There's a whole lot going on in the background. Yeah. To support the like three sentences that John is saying. Horrifying to think about. Yeah, exactly. This got very dark very fast, but then they were also like, seemed to see how dark this got very fast. So we're like, don't look at it. We just talked about it super quick, but now look, Adam's here. And it's like, I would like to. Yeah, I'm very curious. Like I I would like to see an episode of what the fuck happened, but also- Maybe not, because gross. Um, thankfully, have a brief uplifting moment where we're cutting back to Adam, so he's still struggling with fucking dying. But he's <laughs> using his magic to, like, slowly inch the table with the skull towards him so he can maybe do something about it. And he's succeeding for a few moments, up until then it, like, makes a scraping sound and John whirls around and he's discovered. Flings Adam back and this is when we get more confirmation that they're all burning from the inside out. Cassie is freaking out. She can't break through the shield that she and Diana are trapped in. So Cassie's solution is when her dark magic won't isn't enough. She whirls on Diana and starts sucking the power of Diana. And then full on admits, I'm killing you for your power. Holy shit, that took the turn I was not actually expecting. I was legitimately, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I was like, is this a moment where, like, with the skull, where, like, maybe she's playing it up a little? 
but I, I don't actually think so. I think she fucking loses it. Yeah. Oh, I was legitimately like, I had this moment where, again, I was like, are we play acting? Is this supposed to be like to, you know, try to facilitate a response from John or Diana in your favor? Um, because, you know, John doesn't want Diana to die. He needs the full circle. So it would be like to get him to intercede and then therefore break the binding circle. Or are we watching an Anakin Skywalker becomes a Darth Vader moment here? Like, what, what the fuck? Like, is Ooh, this where good comparison? Is this where the four year old runs up to you and asks, "What do you do?" And the red lightsaber engages. Like, what, what the fuck is going on here? Hmm. And honestly, it's never addressed. No, but we then do have like we start hearing a heartbeat sound, and it slows, and it slows, uh, indicating that Diana is dying. And then we have a moment where it snaps and Diana's dark magic obviously awakes. And they have um, like a rubber band effect, it felt like, where everything snaps back into Diana and the two of them are just like repulsed from each other, which luckily blasts through, through the shield. So that's down. And it's a little cray, honestly. I was also very confused. I was like, that worked. Okay. I mean, all Cassie said earlier was, hey, I was almost dead and then the dark magic awoke to save me. So this is exactly what happened. I just refuse to believe that Cassie was actually smart enough to have planned that. I don't think she was. So no, I don't think she was. I think if you asked, was this Cassie's plan all along? I would say absolutely not. She got lucky that she didn't have to murder her half sister. I don't think she would have actually cared because she was like super enthralled with the dark magic. Which is what I mean. She got lucky that she didn't murder someone, but she would have, she was intensely trying to murder someone. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Cassie then grabs the skull, yells to Diana, together we are more powerful than he is. So Diana eventually, after, you know, a little internal struggle, does grab onto the skull with Cassie, and they have, like, a mental battle. There's a weird where, stare off. Yeah. <laughs> John's not touching the skull, but, like, he's trying to, and... Cassie's nose starts bleeding. Yeah, it's... with the effort. But no one's saying anything and there's no like wind effects or light effects. It's literally just three people, two of them touching a black skull, just staring at each other. Yeah, they're having a force battle. So it ends without thankfully. the without the orchestra in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> if only. So uh they're reversing the spell. So instead of they're reversing the spell so instead of like all the other witches dying it just kills john but i felt like by actually reversing the spell it would have it should have killed everybody with balcoin blood i agree i thought that was weird as well even though it was the two balcoins doing it but you know whatever i john's I, dead and that's kind of what matters i think honestly if i'd gotten to rewrite this just for a second it should have killed all the Balcoins and spared Diana. 
and it should have been that Cassie started dying and Diana didn't because Diana's never really given in to being a Balcoin. So it would have been that fun, like chosen blood thing where like in her heart and in her magic, she's chosen to be Charles' daughter, not a Balcoin. And then like Cassie would start dying and Diana would like try to stop the spell and Cassie would have said, no, keep going. And Cassie would have also died. I know that's weird, but I would have liked to kill off Cassie by the end of this. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, I don't think that would have worked because we just awoke Diana's dark power, so I, I think that still would have undone her. I, But that was more of like an accident. It wasn't like instant. That doesn't matter. I still think it would have worked. Okay. Anywho. I think it would have been better than this. Okay, let's just be real. John <laughs> said, that's a big win. So... That's kind of our epic conclusion. That was the epic battle. John is dead. Hurrah. The day is saved. Uh, We cut to someone knocking on the stained glass door. That is Cassie's house. Door opens. Mel, Faye, and Jake are there. Cassie's the one who opened the door. They walk in, go into her sitting room where Adam is already there with Diana. And Cassie starts this weird speech where she starts apologizing for john and is like i just wanted to believe in john so much and i believed he loved me and i'm sorry that i brought him here in the first place and i'm glad cassie's apologizing for it but it's also like in my opinion a little too little too late on this situation and the whole circle is really nice about this where they're like we were all duped by john and it's not your time to say things like this i'm like no accept the apology you guys um seriously after all this yeah after all this bullshit like just freaking let cassie apologize like she you guys deserve an apology and basically they all just start talking and they don't know what to do with the skull now because they're now still in possession of this crystal skull and diana and cassie kind of lament about how powerful it is and it's too powerful for anyone to possess and it's very dangerous um it's almost like once upon a time an entire multiple covens realized this and tried to break it up into different pieces because it was a danger to the world holy shit wow um so adam comes up with the idea that they'll put it in a lead box very kryptonite superman style and drop it in the middle of the ocean that way no one can find it and it should be at least protected or undetectable by magic because apparently lead does that shit now that's a fun fact um, i mean it'll stop radiation if it's thick i mean that doesn't have to be super thick either so that's what i mean like the, it's it is kind of the common trope that lead blocks all so i'm like okay that's true but also like it's just never been brought up up to this point so i was just like okay that's a fun fact um so they all just start talking about who should do this. Uh, Diana says she'll do it and Faye says, absolutely not. Dark princess number two. I don't think that's a good idea. Faye says she should do it. And Melissa says, absolutely not. You know how corruptible you are, which I kind of go back and forth on. I kind of thought Faye might be a good idea because she has so much experience dark magic that maybe she knows like how to draw a line now. Like, I, I I don't know. I feel like if we'd done more with Faye, this would have been a good character development thing where, like, she's lost it so much before that she knows how to 
recognize it. Um, no. But we're not that dark and we're not that deep. So don't worry about it. Um, Jake's shouldn't do it because Jake's unhinged. And Cassie obviously can't do it because Cassie's unhinged. So Adam is the one who's nominated to do it because he's kind of seen as the goody two shoes, which is funny because also mm-hmm. everyone describes him as the emo boy. So I was like, what is it? <laughs> it's all reliable. Uh, so after some talk, Adam agrees to do it, that that will be his job. And then they start talking about what they're going to do about the binding because they're all unbound now. They're all using solo magic. And the majority, by which I mean all of them but Cassie, think it's safer not to rebind the circle because once they bound the circle is when everyone recognized their power and started showing up. Once they bound the circles, when they started fighting demons and John and other witch hunters, like when they were solo and they've been practicing for a while, no one cared about them. And it just seems safer to lie low and not bind the circle at this point, to which I agree. I think so too. But I also like Cassie has a good point, theoretically, in that them being unbound was John's plan. So, like, that seems like you should do the opposite of what John wants for safety. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Cassie. I mean. No, go on. I I don't really know. I don't really know uh, how I feel on this one. If I were in this position, I would probably also want my magic unbound, even though, like, I'd risk whatever John's plan sort of was after failing. But. This is something I actually want to touch on at the end because we're about to wrap it up, but I I 100% agree with you here and I want to touch on this. Okay, we'll Um, circle back. Yes, let's let's put a pin for now. But Cassie desperately wants to rebind. No one else does. And then Diana is like, I will not be rebinding. I am leaving. I'm leaving town. I'm fucking done. To which I cheered. I applauded and I said, get out get out now uh diana leaves the room walks out is like nope i'm out of here cassie chases after her into the foyer and is basically like begging her to stay and says i've lost my entire family my dad died you're the only family i have left and diana's like we're always going to be family i just don't i can't physically be here and she says that she has to get away, away from everything that's happened here. She also just lost her dad, but Cassie won't recognize that because Cassie's selfish bitch. Um, but also Diana has tasted a lot of dark magic in this episode and she recognizes how dangerous it is. She doesn't want to keep experiencing it and feeling it. And she specifically says, I need to get away from dark magic and what it does, which means I can't be around you. And she's right, because Cassie is so deep. Yeah. I liked this. I was glad someone finally called out Cassie for just being the worst. In a good way, yeah. Yeah, right? So Cassie's defeated as Diana goes running out. Good job, Diana. Run for it. Uh, cut back to the living room where everyone's starting to disperse. Jake offers to take Faye home. Faye says she has plans, so not tonight. They kiss passionately, and he's like, how about next time? And she's like, uh, maybe. Sure, I guess they're a couple now. 
Um, <laughs> I literally wrote in my notes. So I went straight from Diana Leaves to Jake and Faye are a thing now. They're a thing now. They're a thing. Moving now. on. Uh, cut back to Diana is sitting in the coffee shop in a booth and she has like all her luggage next to her. Real quickly, sorry. Yeah. Back to the previous scene. Forgot to mention, they're all in black and Faye is wearing like a fucking trumpet skirted black gown. So I think it's her prom dress. I don't think she's ever changed. She was definitely in pants on the ferry. She was in the dress in the ferry. I swear to God, she was in pants. She was Okay. Well, I guess that's that then. I think, because it seems like a couple of days have passed, I think technically they had Charles's funeral. I I was also kind of confused about this, but like Diana implies that, you know, like Charles is gone, but it was very off screen and no one reacted to it. So I didn't really know what to make of that. Because they're all, it's not the same day. Or if so, they all just happen to change into black because they weren't all completely in black for the fight and they're all completely in black now. That's that's fair. There There is a possibility it was Charles. Funeral. Also, um, what ages are these people supposed to be? Because I was thinking about this actually when we had Jane's wake. Uh, Cassie is legitimately an orphan according to the state because everybody assumes that her dad is completely dead so how is she still living in this house by herself i also want to touch on this because i was thinking about this with diana is in this coffee shop obviously about to ditch i think they're juniors in high school and i was like are you just not gonna go to your senior year of high school but yeah and then i was like okay so the fire was 16 years ago. The kids were already born. Were the kids, like, I just, I assume were off about the timing of the fire and the kids were actually a little older than we thought when their parents died? Cause sort I, of? Because I can see that maybe, especially with how Jane died, no one reported it and they just covered it up. So on the books, Jane is still the guardian of Cassie. But they had a whole ass wake. The whole but, town was there. But that doesn't mean they legally reported it. I feel like somehow that would have... Anywho, the lawyer know. is Charles, who's the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got me there. Um, I mean, accidental murderer, but still. Uh, it's really John, but you know, the, the weapon, I guess, was Charles. Semantics. Uh, no, I was thinking about that, though. I don't know how Cassie is her own guardian right now, unless she was emancipated. Otherwise, she should be in foster care. Um, and Diana probably can't completely leave unless she plans to do, like, a year of, like, homeschooling. But also, she's also under 18. She will be emancipated, but she can't be because she has a living grandmother. So she's probably under her guardianship now. And maybe she's fine with it uh but also like yeah you can't just like <laughs> it's very hard to be a in the care of the state and a high school dropout yeah <laughs> so yeah obviously like i'm just to rest my own mind they were all a little bit older when their parents died and they all because we just had prom 
usually that's a junior senior thing that's why i thought they were juniors yeah yeah i originally thought juniors too but i'm and, like okay and they diana just was looking seniors. at sorry sorry i totally interrupted diana was looking at colleges at the beginning of this which made me think yeah juniors. that's right that yeah. happens junior year yeah yeah you have to apply junior year but then i guess i'm just they have to be seniors because i'm gonna assume they graduated very conveniently between prom and now because otherwise this is a whole level of just what the fuck <laughs> none of this can happen anywho sorry for that tangent it the was bugging me while i was watching it <laughs> the legality seems very flexible yes um but diana's at the coffee shop with her luggage and grant comes in and asks her if she's sure that she wants to go and she says absolutely they kiss and start leaving together so yeah they're gonna go across the country together i'm 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 good for them go thrive go live your best life diana like don't adventures yeah uh cut to melissa goes over to Faye's house where Faye is kind of just like bopping about and says they're going to celebrate and she pops open a bottle of champagne they're gonna go out they're gonna celebrate they have their solo magic back and they deserve to celebrate being alive and being able to use witchcraft again however they like and melissa is happy about that they dance they celebrate friendship Woo. success Cut to Jake, who is in his bedroom, duh, uh, <laughs> opens a mysterious box from his grandfather that's like, has a note that says like, the circles will come together. And then there's like a bottle. Yeah, this is not over. Yeah, with a uh, gravel in it. I was thinking rock salt, but yeah. I was like, because I almost wrote sand. I'm like, that's too gritty to say it. Like, but it's still kind of fine. It's smaller particles of like pea gravel. I don't know what the fuck this is supposed to be, but it's a thing, I guess. It's supposed to be a bottle spell is all I know. That's that's about all I know. So like Jake looks, well, Jake can't act well, but Jake is supposed to look worried. Um, but he has this necklace now. Cut to Charles, who is still alive. At grandma kate's and basically charles has become the new heather where they do the spell that's like in their uh blood on their wrist that puts them in a coma more or less yeah. so charles is the next heather and grandma kate's taking care of him it's tragic and sad and i'm sad that's but at how least charles he's alive i'm until... sad this is how charles went out no for now because at least he's alive until a better solution can be found. There's no season two, but yes. There's not, uh, but obviously they're setting up for it. Uh, cut to Adam, who is sitting at the boathouse and, like, groping the skull. And maybe becoming corrupted. I don't know. I didn't like this, and it was weird, and it came out of nowhere, and I decided to ignore it. Uh... Cut back to Diana, who gets in the car with Grant, and as she's, like, sitting down and goes to buckle in, she sees on her hand there is the brand of the medallion that was on John's hand from the medallion that Cassie found in the house way back when, and she notices it for the first time, looks generally worried. Grant asks if she's okay. She says, yeah, let's just get out of here, and they leave. 
Cut to Cassie in her bedroom, who has the same brand on her hand, smiles very menacing at it and starts playing with the fire in her fireplace, making it grow to an unsafe level and just seems thrilled as fucking peaches. She lights it in the first place and then makes it grow. She's just so happy right now. She She is in the dark magic thrall. Absolutely. Cut to a night scene on the outskirts of the town, looking over the town like off a bridge or a cliff where we see four uh, young adults slash kids lined up, all have the same brand on their hands. They're kind of shadow figured, staring into the town, believing these are the four children that uh, John had summoned to join him in his quest. And it's an ominous mist, fog-filled night as the show ends. End the secret circle, end this season, end this series. Oh my gosh we did it (sighs) it's over i laughed my ass off at (laughs) the very end there with the four of them because i didn't look too closely i didn't rewind i was focused on the brand like they wanted but uh first of all they're like silhouettes of attractive people like oh yeah there it's a model moment <laughs> for sure and just in that moment i was like really wanting a season two just so i could see the four of them but also like thank god there's no season two <laughs> um, but i believe i saw one girl and three guys which would put supposedly in John's perfect world, a balanced circle between guys and girls, very conveniently. But of course, you know, we never actually get to see anything of it because there's no second season. But just what a way to end, what a cliffhanger. I was worried because like last episode, episode 21, was shit. Like (laughs) overall, for the end of a series, it was pointless. Yes. Nothing happened. Yes. I was at least expecting the Motherland Fort Salem treatment where like the last two and a half episodes we cram in so much it's crazy. Did not happen. Um, this episode, yeah, we got a lot more. Overall, um, top 10 episodes. Top five? No. No, no I don't no. think so. Uh, the very end, like I'm saying, the last 15 minutes, maybe. Good. The rest of it, not great. Um, this very end scene was all that made me want to, like, oh, I kind of wish there was a season two. That was it. I overall agree with you. I don't think this was the. I don't think this was a terrible episode. Do not get me wrong. Like, I don't think this was awful and horrible and I can't imagine watching it again. I think where it left me was like, so what was the point of all this? We kind of left a lot at the wall. Yeah, it... 
there's this moment during when they're deciding whether or not they want to bind the circle again and Cassie's saying they should and everyone's saying they shouldn't that it seems that one of the fears is if that they don't rebind the circle that they won't remain friends and I believe it's Faye says something like just because we're unbound doesn't mean we can't like hang out and see one another which I think is like a good point to make but also like so few of them seem like actual friends that it's like yeah I mean of course she'll still hang out with Melissa I didn't think that was up for debate like um I think overall what kind of left me with a bad taste in my mouth is most of the times you do an arc or even if it's just season long let's say about a character being corrupted by dark magic that is your protagonist that you want to have people sympathize with and like is the overarching message is at the end dark magic doesn't get them what they want love and friendship does like it's it's that kind of story arc that you kind of expect that wasn't really ever said here it's kind of just like no cassie needed to use dark magic she needed to use it to defeat john because john was worse than cassie but cassie should use dark magic when she needs because she's cassie which isn't really an arc. It's just kind of like, yeah, dark magic's cool if you're the cool person who gets to use it. Which is why I mean that there's like no message here. It's not like, oh, at the end of the day, it's love that was the true magic or anything. No, it's just like blood is what decides how powerful you are. And if you're lucky, you'll have dark magic, which is super powerful. End statement. And I'm like, that was a weird moral of this season. Yeah. Which is why I, was, I think I just was left very confused. Because, like, the best people in the season, like, not, I'm not even going to go, like, acting or arc or anything. Just, like, the good ones that seem, like, the best morally are Adam and Diana. And they are just screamed for by their friends for being goody two-shoes by being annoying by being babies by being like too good and too like boy scouts and too girl scouts and too brownie and it's like yeah the end message is they are annoying and you should do dark magic dark magic's cool which is not a good message i mean i don't quite think it goes that far but kind of sure I think just overall as a season finale, and I said some time ago that I thought the writers knew the writing on the wall that they weren't going to get a season two. I was obviously wrong. <laughs> they very much expected a season two. Um, this didn't really conclude much besides that we finally got rid of John. And as I said, multiple episodes, some episodes ago, it wasn't like fun fighting John. It was tedious and painful and I didn't enjoy it. So his death just kind of felt like a relief, not a victory. But it was also like, John's gone, but don't worry. Adam and Cassie are super dark now. So 
we still have dark magic and someone cool and it's like what are we gonna what are you gonna do next like if there was a season two what were they gonna do next introduce the other like Falcoins and just have them be like cassie you're so cool and just start following her around like what was the next plan Excellent question. Um, I want to surmise, but I don't think honestly it would be wise because there isn't a good foundation for it. So anywho, let's uh, let's transition to a deep dive. And uh, <laughs> y'all, we have a deep dive this time. We do. Well, I, I had an idea for one that I just kind of wanted to talk about because I felt like it worked well with this conclusion and what I've kind of been saying. We, we've talked a bit in this show about dark magic, um, our experiences in it, like its dangers and everything. I just kind of want to take a beat and talk about why this confused me so much because I do feel like at the end of the day, light magic is the way to go. <laughs> Agreed. And I just kind of want to like reiterate the strengths of it that feel like are very underwhelmed in this show where it's like Cassie is so cool. She can do dark magic. Oh my goodness. Diana is so cool now. Look at her dark magic. Like as we've talked about in multiple episodes, I got into dark magic for some point of my life when I was very young. Um, I now don't practice dark magic at all. And I practice light magic. I just kind of want to talk about the pros because I think it does need to be said. And this does kind of associate well with the episode where even when we were talking about how it was very weird that Charles and Don's magic was destroyed, like where did that go? That seemed very concerning to us because the whole point of like light magic is that all magic flows through basically nature and the elements and this spiritual world and you can kind of like borrow and use it but it will flow eventually back through that system once more which is the beauty of light magic that's why before you start ceremonies or you do spells it is usually good to ground yourself and afterwards to do like a releasing meditation because it is to keep that channel flowing and keep the light magic going. Uh, I think this is kind of the opposite in dark magic, where when I was practicing it, it seemed to be to try to stop these channels, and basically the magic would kind of stagnate within you, which is not great and not healthy and not something you should do. So that is like I think one of the great things about light magic is just putting yourself in a pre-existing natural cycle that I really think should be focused on as such a beauty of practicing that magic, whether it be like doing blessings or bindings or divinations or jar spells or meditations. Like it, it is entering a pre-existing cycle that you kind of get to become a part of that is very natural and very nice. And it again a lot of shows and media and stuff always kind of come back to the message that light magic makes you feel good and makes the world feel good and should have a pre-existing belief in either the spiritualism of it or the love of it or just like the friendship of it which I don't think is ever touched in this show 
And I want to reiterate that those, those are all good things. And those are all good things to try to bring into your spiritualism and your practice is like love and friendship and nature and the elements and whatever spiritualism you believe in. Those are all excellent things that you should want to practice. And they can be practiced through the right properties, whether it be like meditation or making jar spells or tarot cards. As long as you're practicing with the right intent, you can have excellent outcomes, which are stronger than dark magic. But I really don't think this show touched on that and made dark magic feel really cool. And I just really wanted to say it's not because dark magic is inherently selfish. It's inherently hurtful and it is to stop the natural cycle of things. So I just really wanted to put that fun uh, PSA in there. And I don't know if Jade has more she wants to add on to, but I just, just, just want people to know. <laughs> yes. So this is making me think of, yeah, because I think Jake says that where dark magic really feeds on your emotions and it's more like the here and now, and then regular magic, light magic, is more of harnessing the magic within you, not necessarily, it's probably going to have to be cut. Because one's more like focusing the magic within you, and then the other one is just taking it from everywhere around you. But, yeah, magic is a web. You pull from what's around you, I think, temporarily, but it will flow back. Which is why, like the money spells. We say those are problematic because you generally are, you know, by taking for you, you're taking away from someone else. So you have to phrase them carefully and work your intentions properly so that it's not, it's benefiting you, but it's not taking directly from someone else. And I feel like that can happen a lot with a lot of other spells. Again, yeah, your intentions are everything. But wording your spells, working your magic in a way that prevents it from, again, you're just taking from someone else so you can have, instead of just creating more opportunity for you to be able to grow something, etc. It's a small difference, but it makes a world of difference for light and dark magic. Another good example I would use besides the money spell is like luck spells. If you are not careful in your wording and you're trying to manifest more luck for you, um, that luck has to come somewhere and sometimes it can come from other people. I think there's a whole charmed episode devoted to this. Uh, I don't remember much about it, but I remember one of the sisters does a luck spell and accidentally takes all the luck from her other sisters. So all of them are like constantly unlucky and getting hurt and like having horrible things happen to them throughout the day because all their luck went to one person. So that's another thing. It's like she couldn't make more luck. She had to take it from somewhere. I have nothing else to add. <laughs> yeah, I just like, I don't know. I, I feel like I just wanted to kind of PSA this. That was like, light magic is a good thing. And I don't think the show ended strong enough saying it is because I think that was the moral. The moral should have been that the circle is strongest together 
because their magic comes from their friendship and love of each other. And I know that's cheesy as shit, but that should have been the moral. Like, that should have been the end message. That's the end message of almost every witch show. That's the end message of every charm season is that we're stronger together because we're sisters and we love each other. And our love as sisters will always overtake the darkness and hatred of others. And it's cheesy as shit, but it's a good message. And it is a good moral to think of when you're practicing magic and you want to practice good magic. And I just don't think it was harped on a lot. So I just wanted to like reassure everyone that that is a good thing to do. And you should be careful with how you word certain manifestations because good magic is a web and you shouldn't try to cut yourself off from that because it will hurt you. And that's it. That was my deep dive was just a, do not feel like you need to practice dark magic light magic is great it might sound cheesy but it's amazing so do it love it so thank you for that you're welcome listeners cheers all around (laughs) (laughs) nikki my fellow witch on the couch what have you been drinking tonight so uh as this episode was not my favorite but we were also ending a season uh i actually had two drinks I had a lemon drop martini that I was drinking through most of this and then I finished it and did not feel like making a second because it takes like five ingredients and I didn't want to do it. So now I'm on to a Golden State Cider Mighty Dry, which is just my preferred sipping cider drink, as I said, is from my county. So it is a local brewery and I like it. I've had it multiple times before. The lemon drop was great. I'm not a big vodka drinker. I honestly turned 21 and was like, fantastic I do not have to pretend to like vodka anymore what a delight um but I like lemon drops for the most part they're not very strong tasting the vodka kind of disappears so it's kind of lemon and I love lemon so I'm down for that um vodka is just not my favorite alcohol but it was good and I think it helps me maybe enjoy this episode a bit more Ball that aside, Jade, what have you been drinking? I had black velvet. So, uh, not for everybody, but I kind of like it. It is half Guinness beer, half sparkling wine. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I'm a fan. It also is just a cool name for a drink, so real win. True. I love that. That's exciting. I usually, I know we try to end our seasons or our series on uh, like sparkling wines or like our signature drinks. So like gin tonics and margaritas, this show, it just didn't work out. (laughs) I don't know. I felt like black velvet really does feel so fancy for being so simple. Good titling, I I guess. I wasn't fancy, but you were. Good job. (laughs) I, you know, I love lemon drops. So I feel like that's, that's pretty fancy. Thank you. We'll ignore the cider part. <laughs> you started out great. I started out solid and then it was like, we were so deep in and I was like, I just need to another drink. <laughs> hey y'all, if you're so deep in and you need another drink and <laughs> if you're so deep dark down that you are contemplating suicide, it's not the answer. Seems like it never really is. Don't do it. 
you have options. Talking about it is the hardest. It helps, though. Slowly. Very slowly. But surely. It does. You can now dial 988 to reach the suicide hotline. Um, what I didn't realize is apparently you can also text 988. Uh, I was Solid. just reading this week that the creation of that hotline has been a resounding success between all the forms that you can contact them now through the 988 and they've gotten a higher volume but it's like it's better quality and they've actually got a lot more like they got another endowment to supplement it so that's amazing win um this nation has a serious issue with mental health so i'm glad that those people are taking a step in the right direction and can get a little bit of help um so if 988 though is not your thing you do have other options you can also text uh 24 7 crisis helpline their number is 741741 you can also walk into an ER and tell them you're having suicidal ideations and they can get you checked in and talking to someone as well. There are options. You're not at the bottom of the tunnel. Climb back up, damn it. Thank you everyone for joining us to this conclusion of the secret circle. It has been a long 22 episode journey to get here, 100% worth it. We would do it again, and we were happy to have you around for the ride. Please like, comment, subscribe, review, do whatever you have to do to help other wandering witches find this podcast. We've had an excellent time, and if you would like to spend more excellent times with us, you can always follow us on Instagram, where we are also just witches on the couch. There you can like any pictures that are usually witch-oriented that we post there and suggest any other shows, media, or options that you'd like us to review or go over ourselves. It can be, again, shows you hate and you just want to see us rip into or shows you like, and hopefully we'll like it too. Thank you for listening during this morning, afternoon, night, evening, day, whenever you tend to be listening to your podcast these days. We've had a fantastic time on this show and we will see you all next time. Bye, you guys. Bye.